I'm Alexa Lauren, and welcome to my podcast, Heart of a Seeker. Today's episode is called The Promised Land's Journey, and it comes out of the book of Joshua 1, and that's where I'll be focusing today. And I just want to open up in prayer. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this beautiful word that you have given us. Thank you that you're a good father, and it is your desire for us to receive the promised land. And on the way to the promised land, there's a journey that we take. And so we just pray today that we would submit and trust you on this path and that you would continue to guide us and that in that process, we will find your heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today I woke up early this morning at 6 a.m. And those that know me know I'm not a morning person. So to wake up at 6 a.m. and be fully alert is a miracle in itself. So when I got up, I spent some quiet time with God, and I started listening to Joshua 1. And I listened to Joshua 2 as well, but I kind of focused more on the first chapter because there was so much just hidden in there that I wanted to go over. And one thing that really stood out to me was that in Joshua, in the first chapter, God says four times, be strong and of good courage. He says different variations of it. But he says four different times and four different verses, be strong and of good courage. And what was really interesting was I looked up the actual meaning of courage. And it says the ability to do something that frightens one or the strength in the face of pain or grief. And that was really interesting to me because four different times he tells them to be of good courage. And in other words, he's saying to be strong in the face of pain and grief that really opened my eyes to realize that even through the pain and the grief that we may go through in life, God is still telling us to be strong, to be of good courage, to face it and not allow it to tear us down. So that was one big thing that really just called my attention while I was reading and dissecting this chapter this morning. And another thing I want to go over is at this point, Moses has passed away. He's no longer present on earth, and Joshua was his assistant, and he's now to lead the people to the promised land. And in verse 17 of the first chapter, it says, only the Lord your God will be with you. And I had to stop and think for a moment, and I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful if you think about it. Only the Lord your God will be with you. Sometimes in life we go through a season where only God is there to guide us. And sometimes not even his chosen people, not even our friends, not even those that are leaders in the church are present at times. And in those moments, we might feel lost or abandoned, but God will be there to give us direction and guide us in those seasons. And I kind of want to pause there for a moment. And I kind of want to reflect on the times where maybe you've been in a tough season. Maybe you're going through something, you're on that journey in life, and you feel like no one's there. You feel like you've been abandoned. You feel like you're alone. You feel like no one gets you. You feel like no one's there for you. And I guess the most beautiful thing about this is God says, only the Lord your God will be with you. And that there's seasons in life where 
God is the only one that we have, that he is the only one that we can rely on. And at one point, we might realize that a lot of the people have fallen away from our lives or been removed from our lives. But it's because in that season of pain and grief, where he tells us to be strong and courageous, he is with us there to guide us. So that really called my attention as well. And then it says, uh, verse 18, whoever rebels against your commands and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. And that takes me to the next part of this is God is with us in those seasons of pain and grief where maybe we feel alone and abandoned, but yet we still are to be expected to heed warning. Now we have a choice. We don't have to. We could allow the grief and pain and sorrows take over our lives and submit to other things of the world and not to Christ and just allow that to consume us, that pain. And I've been there. I have been there. Um, I remember in 2019 when I had my miscarriage, I had a very hard time understanding why my cousins all had their babies because we were all pregnant at the same time and I did not have my twins. And I remember just thinking of the pain and grief that that brought so much to the point that it was my second major loss after my father and it was my first and only pregnancy. And I remember after that just not really having much motivation. I had a really hard time waking up for the last two years. I had a hard time finding any desire to do anything. Um, I didn't even create artwork. I'm actually been an artist for years and I closed my paint studio over a year ago. And through all that, through that season, I did feel very alone and abandoned and I didn't feel like I knew who to really talk about the loss with because, you know, people expect you sometimes to just get over, you know, certain things or they expect you to let something go and they wonder like, why are you still holding on to that? And truth was, I felt like I wasn't allowed to grieve, like I wasn't allowed to share my pain or talk about it. So that was really hard for me when I went through that season, and I barely went to church at that point. Um, And I was not mad at God. I was just confused. I I didn't understand. But as time passed and progressed over the last two years, um, it's actually been um, a little over two years, about two and a half years now, um, I realized the reason. And though I didn't understand then, I now understand why, um, what events were going to transpire over time. And I realized that when we submit that pain to God and we just keep moving forward, trying to come out of that pit, uh, sometimes we can either allow it to consume us and us get lost and just have no will or desire to move forward, or we can just say, you know what, God, here I am. Help me do what you want with me show me what to do, take me to the next level, take me to the next place because I can't continue with this pain and suffering. I need something to give me hope. So as I continued reading this morning, I wrote down, death is not always physical, but spiritual. And it also led me to the reference of Adam and Eve. 
when they chose to eat of the forbidden fruit and not submit to God and what he had commanded, the enemy even came and said, did God really say that you would die? Except the death that they were speaking of was not a physical death. It was a spiritual death. As we read in verse 18, it says, whoever rebels against your commands does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. And I really just wanted to point that out is it is a spiritual death. It's not maybe necessarily a physical death that is happening. And as I referenced before, we can allow the grief and pain to consume us, or we can choose to move forward and submit ourselves to God and allow us to push us and, and be strong and courageous. So Joshua in verse 16 says, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And this is when I realized submission leads us to the promised land. When we submit to God on this journey, regardless of what we're facing through the good, through the bad, he ultimately guides us when we submit to him to the promised land. In verse 13, it reads, the Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. So even on the journey, to the promised land, he gives them rest. Years ago, I made a painting and one of the scriptures I wrote down that was brought back to remembrance when I read verse 13 was actually Mark 631 and it says, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. And if you remember earlier, God says only God will be here to guide you. There's going to be those seasons where all we have is God, where he's asking us to come away to a desolate place, a place of just seeking him quietly and allowing us to rest in him. And it says rest a while, which I really like. It's like, lay all your burdens down, come to me, and he will give us that rest. And I looked up the importance of rest. And when you rest, it boosts your immune system. It improves your memory. It re-energizes you and restores you. It stimulates creativity. It helps you stay mentally and emotionally fit. Sleep improves concentration and productivity and improves health. So there's so many benefits to resting. And what happens is sometimes we allow the everyday tasks, the everyday things that we do become the priority. We stop taking that moment of rest. We stop seeking God sometimes, and we just get too busy. We're just too busy. We have too many things going on, and we're not truly resting, and we're wondering why we feel exhausted and drained half the time, and we're wondering why we don't have the energy to do anything because we are constantly on the go. And what I also realized was Resting led to the promised land, but in the rest, there was submission first. Verse 8 reads, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. And then right after it says, 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you continue reading to 11, it then says, prepare provision for yourselves. So with that being said, between us submitting to God, reading his word, meditating on it, letting it begin to guide us, it says it will then make our way prosperous and we will have good success. But he also says, prepare provision for yourselves. And that really stood out in the sense that we also have a part to do. We can't just sit here expecting God to do something for us and not do our part. So he's actually saying, okay, this is what I promised to do. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to give you instructions. I'm going to help you. But at the same time, you need to help yourself. You need to do your part as well. And that's really important. Sometimes we're just sitting around waiting for God to drop things from the sky and not do anything. We're just sitting there being idle. And that's pretty much what I did for two years after my miscarriage. I just sat there idle, sitting in my depression, wallowing in my thoughts, not knowing how to talk about how I felt. And I didn't get the help that I needed. And I realized that either I could sit there forever and allow it to deteriorate me mentally and spiritually, or I could cling to the peace that surpasses all understanding and understand that maybe I won't know why it might have happened, but at the same time, I can have peace instead of staying in my grief and pain. The word that came to my mind through this is team. God is our team. We have a part and he has a part. And when we do our part and we submit to God and rest in him and allow him to guide us, ultimately, we will make it to the promised land. And the promised land is ultimately his kingdom. Even through the things that we face in life, we can still have that peace and rest in God in this moment on the journey because they rested on the journey. It wasn't when they got to the end result. It wasn't when they got to the promised land. It was even in the midst of the journey that they were able to rest. And I think that's what's so beautiful is even through the things we face every day, we can have rest in God as we seek him and partner with him and allow him to tell us what steps to take. And as I mentioned earlier, some of the notes I wrote down was rest led to the promised land. But rest was submission. It was a trust in God. It was allowing him to guide us. And rest also reduces the stress and the anxiety and the worry because you're now relying on God to guide you. And then from that submission came prosperity and good success because we allowed God to be our partner, to be a team with him, to guide us and tell us which way to go. I hope this message encourages you. And I just want to thank God for sharing this because it really encouraged me when I read it. It just really opened my eyes to realize that we can choose to team up with God. We can choose to submit our pain and grief. And he tells us, be strong of good courage, even in the face of pain, hurt, stress, worry. We can come alongside of him and allow him 
to give us that rest in spite of the journey we're on right now. So Father God, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the person listening today. I'm so grateful and thankful for your love, your kindness, and your mercy. I thank you that you're a good father and you love us even when we have a hard time and we don't always have the faith or trust to believe that you are going to do what you said you're going to do. But the beautiful thing about this book in Joshua is everything God promised, He fulfilled. So we want to trust you and believe that everything you promise us in your word will be fulfilled in our lives according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.